We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. And they're under the stewardship of some guy named Agnew. I don't even know. But it's not Spiro Agnew, so it's just... That would be something. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Uh, It feels like it's been a month, but it's only been two weeks. Uh, I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, surely you have some stories to tell over the past two weeks. Yeah, we've been fairly busy anyway um, as we try to deal with this international stuff. But yeah, I I, uh, I am you before because I wanted to bring this topic up. Um, I've been trying to figure out who to have this conversation with, and I thought this was the perfect place for it. Um, <clears throat> I was speaking with a colleague of mine the other day who will, re- who will remain nameless because he asked me not to tell anybody this story, so I'm just telling it on this podcast. So I'm going to just read you what he sent me, and I'd like your reaction, and then I'll tell you where we went from this. So it's All just, right, let's talk, about, let's talk about Peter Shanky, the president. It's, it's definitely not Pete. This guy also works at home, so that kind of takes out a lot of people who work at Rotowire. If you know Rotowire, then you're really getting... You could. It's now down to like a handful of people, but anyway. Yep, okay. <laughs> So here's what it says. 
damn, I just knocked a big framed picture off the wall playing basketball, going for a rebound, and the wall got in my way. Unfortunately, so did the framed picture, and it broke. My wife is not going to be happy. Playing basketball, meaning pretending to have the ball in my hand and pretending that there's a hoop on the wall. The pretend defender was tough, but I got the putback. <laughs> Keep in mind, so this this guy is married and he has two kids. And I was like, my response is, I really hope you were playing by yourself. And his response was, it was me and pretend 30,000 people cheering me on. <laughs> How is Chris Liss doing now? So it's not. It was not Liss. It was I not know Liss. it's not Liss. I'm just naming. People. Liss isn't. I don't. Well, Liss probably is dumb enough to do that too. But anyway, <laughs> so the picture. This picture frame is destroyed, and his. He's my thing is basically like, well, what are you t- going to tell your wife? Like the the <laughs> I I was pretending to play basketball you know, by would, myself. Do, do, do you do you want to know my advice? That that's that's basically where this is going. Like, what would you, a, would, what would you say, or b, what is your advice? I would advise, and I would say the the truth, because the ridiculousness of it is just totally disarming. <laughs> you, because the punishment is the punishment is already in the story, right? You now, uh, so your significant other would now know a very embarrassing story about you to use at any time. Mm. You are making yourself vulnerable. You are being you can't make it up and if you did make it up why would you <laughs> in this case uh I, I i feel that you should go the the make yourself vulnerable route and actually just tell the truth and put yourself out there that seems like something that someone who hasn't been married that long enough and doesn't have two kids that like that seems like something that that a as weird as it sounds that like an immature person would do like that's the responsible thing to do i completely well, the well, hold I think on a second. once you hold get on. to I mean, a point, that, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I would do, you know, as someone who's been married now for close to six years and been with the same person for mm-hmm. closer to 13. Yeah. So maybe that's fair. Maybe that's fair. I was thinking I was trying to think of like the most ridiculous thing that you could say. He basically to the end result or he said he considered saying like he got like lightheaded and like kind of stumbled into it. And I'm like, you don't want to do that. Cause then you got to start going to the doctor because like, that's not, no, normal yeah, either. They, 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 yeah, no. And he's yeah. like, I might just say, so the, the end result was that he said he essentially just brushed up against it with his shoulder and it like fell off the wall, which I think is just incredibly weak. But I was trying to think of like, what, what is the most ridiculous and yet believable story you could tell? So this is our segment called How to Lie to Your Wife or Your Significant Other. Just maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what. <laughs> and and I'm advocating truth. You're advocating truth. Okay. In this in – I this think this instance, is – the, are... the truth is – like I said, it is it is the most disarming way. Cause, I mean if you're worried about some kind of repercussion, the repercussion is that the story is going to get retold. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> I mean of course. The repercussion is that your wife thinks you're an idiot and – that's which, probably the case be, anyway. Which, to be honest, your significant other likely already does, but right. still bears the exactly. bears the shame of being with you. <laughs> uh, um, okay. So that's also these are the perils of working from home as well. You decide to have pretend not only just to pretend thirty thousand friends that mm-hmm. are cheering you on. You now are playing pretend sports in a pretend arena mm-hmm. when it's really just your house. Right. Do you do this? No. I, I tend not to play basketball, air basketball by myself. 
Well, I tend not to play air basketball because I'm bad enough at real basketball mm. where air basketball would just look incredibly awkward. Gotcha, gotcha. I um I play air guitar and air drums all the time. Oh, there you go. And I also will play air. I will uh, so. He, so maybe that's the question. Like, what if you were like but, but really I do, rocking I do out? Those, yeah, but I do those things. I've been caught doing those things at work and in public in the office too. Like, I, it doesn't stop at home. Yeah. So, for example, if I'm on the subway in New York, like I will pretend to be like, uh, you know, like playing. Like I'll, I'll like I'll like 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 flick my right wrist in my pocket like i'm playing guitar and i'll also like just that like look yeah. awkward like your hand just like well like i'm, I'm <laughs> whipping back and forth visible. in your pocket on the train know, i know i'm not like like <laughs> strumming real hard i'm just it's a real subtle movement maybe it just looks like i'm spastic and crazy i don't know but who cares i'm the, the subway is the great socioeconomic equalizer in new york city mm. all all types it welcomes all types and furthermore like you'll see like my other hand like go up and down like the support uh, the support bars because I'm pretending that my left hand is on the other side of the guitar actually right. playing the notes and moving along the fingerboard. So, yeah. Uh, it's, so that's my socially awkward segment of the week. And I also have uh, I also have a story that's almost the exact opposite Great. of someone being active at home. Uh, I So, I said, because basically I've been working from home most of the week. And I, I was determined on the one day that it was 60 degrees and sunny. I am going to go outside. I am going to go walk and get my own lunch and walk back home. That is my – besides for going to the gym because I do go to the gym uh, most mornings. you know. But that's like it's cold still and it's the morning and mm-hmm. you're going to the gym. It's a, it's a chore. You're not out there because you want to be. And you know, so I said I'm going to I'm I'm try to get lunch outside. Uh, fast forward to the workday starting at about let's say uh, – I'll just say 8 o'clock in the morning. My phone did not stop buzzing or getting no- – I had to turn off notifications on my phone. I had to turn off the vibration on my phone. It's still off now because it was just a steady stream of emails. And over the past few days, it's it's in the multiple hundreds of how many emails that I've received. And it's all automatic notifications from a system. So it's all these little types of changes that I have to monitor and make sure no, one, no one's saying anything or uh, – anyway, it doesn't matter what I'm actually doing. But – Basically, as a result, instead of going out and going and grabbing my lunch and doing all the the nice things outside, I decided to go downstairs and take a nap during my lunch break <laughs> because I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take the sound of the of the emails coming in or the sight of it. I was getting afraid to look at my computer or my phone, so I decided to escape the entire world and just go to sleep. That's amazing. And that I'm going to go get some exercise or I'll take a nap. Oh, I'll take a nap. That's correct. How long did so, you sleep? Uh, about 30, 45 minutes. I set an alarm. Hmm. <laughs> so I, 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 if I didn't, though, I would have slept longer. But I, I did not even really take a lunch break. I just kind of scavenged the refrigerator and the pantry and uh, continued to work. And just that was my only moment of clarity and sanity. Hmm. Basically, this is what happens when the Premier League is gone for too long. We resort to fake basketball and we resort to taking naps instead of going outside. Hmm. I took a nap last sat- uh, Saturday, yeah. I was like, I'm usually writing a cheat sheet now. I'm just going to take a nap. Yep. yep. It was wonderful. Yeah, baby, you should have written a nap te- cheat sheet on how to take effective naps. Hmm. That's one idea. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's talk some soccer. Yes, now that we have something to talk about. Uh, it's a really busy weekend in the Premier League. All teams playing. None of this empty game week nonsense that we've dealt with recently. 
Uh, so we have a full slate of games over only two days, so Saturday and Sunday, with only two games on Sunday. So just a really full Saturday slate for when we get to our DraftKings lineups later on in the show. And we start with, I think, the most entertaining game of the weekend. It's the Merseyside Derby. It's Liverpool uh, and Everton at Anfield. This one has all the makings to be a really tremendous game. Liverpool unbeaten against top 10 opponents in the Premier League. Uh, that doesn't mean they've won every single one of them, but it does mean they get something out of the game. And I don't think that changes here, Andrew. We're considering Everton to be a top tier? Top 10. Oh, top 10. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was very specific. Yes. Liverpool, Liverpool play well against good opponents. They don't play well against poor opponents. Everton, not only just emotionally, they have to get up for this game because it's such a big deal, but they also are a, a, a top tier team in terms of talent in the Premier League. They are a top half team, if you will. Yeah. That's fine. Um, the Yeah, I think it should be a good one. There are some key players missing on both sides, mostly in the – it's basically the same spot. Jordan Henderson is going to miss out, and uh, Morgan Schneiderlin uh, is not going to be able to play. So, uh, you know, they're not the fantasy guys that we tend to go to. They're more FanDuel-friendly. But, um, you know, the regular guys that you're going to consider are going to be there, Lukaku and Firmino, Mane. So the only issue that we have, which obviously applies to all these games, is that a lot of these players are coming back from international duty. Uh, Coutinho and Firmino took a private jet home Wednesday morning, or the equivalent of Wednesday morning in England, from Brazil. And the last time they did that, uh, they played, I believe it was Southampton after the last uh, international break. Firmino may not have played that one, but Coutinho pretty much looked awful, so... I kind of wonder if anybody's this doesn't seem like the match you'd rest any of these guys, but, you know, they could be tired. That's a, that's a significant trip. And then to be ba- basically be back for, you know, one and a half, two days before this match, uh, it's just not a lot of time to recover after international play. And also Adam Lallana took a knock in the England game. So it, the midfield, the He's midfield out for a few weeks. That, yeah, that turned exactly. out to be so, pretty serious. So, so, so th- there could be, there could be, a lot of change on the Liverpool side in this one. Uh, Everton, the one constant force of Romelu Lukaku is just, he's just, he can't stop playing well at this point. And it's really fun to see his progression. Um, Chelsea, of course, uh, the rumors are that Chelsea are going to make a decision in the off season, Alvaro Morata or uh, Romelu Lukaku. Hmm. And, uh, I know where I cast my vote, and it's Lukaku. Not only because I've, you know, he's played a Chelsea. Well, he's been part of the Chelsea system, but also because he plays really well in the league in which Chelsea play. <laughs> that certainly so, helps. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, normally Lukaku just, as long as he gets even semi decent service, and and I think Ross Barkley leads the league in uh, in scoring chances created at this point. Ross Barkley is, but I think he's uh, either he leads the league or he's just really underrated in that category. In chances created, yeah. Um, or score, or like yeah, he's he's third. Yeah, Pyatt's still ahead of him, but but it's Erickson, De Bruyne, and Barkley. Yeah, that's it, that. That's I mean, it's it's a really uh, you wouldn't think it because Ross Barkley he, he's played well, but they, I think the but he hasn't scored enough goals and he hasn't really gotten a ton of assists to match his chances created output. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, there, there's kind of no direct correlation between it. I mean, you have 
Gilfie Sigurdsson and Mesut Ozil have the same number of chances created. Sigurdsson has 11 assists and Ozil has four. So, you know, you're kind of all over the place with those. But I agree, he's been better than than the goals and assists to give him credit for. Yeah, it's and and in this one, uh, it, it really is uh, you know a war of attrition for this one. So it is, it, 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 I think Liverpool may have to start Firmino and Coutinho just based on attrition. But you don't know how what percentage you get out there from them. And for me, I'm glad this is part of the early slate because I really wouldn't want to try to pick anyone other than Lukaku in this game. Uh, I think that's fair. The <clears throat> the absence of Lalana kind of opens up the idea that maybe Divock Origi starts up front, which moves Firmino back. I don't know if that necessarily helps him. I was yep. part of a conversation. Somebody tweeted out this picture or this graphic basically that showed that Firmino leads the league in like forward tackles and meaning tackles amongst forwards. It was tackles, uh, distance covered, might have been Passes. chances created, whatever it was, and go this big yeah, list. Uh, it, it basically, yeah, I think I, I think I saw that image, and I wanted to respond by saying those are great stats for a defensive midfielder. Well, it was or a box to box midfielder. Excuse me. Well, it wasn't necessarily that the stats themselves were great. It was just that they were very good for a forward, and obviously that sparked up a conversation with our friend John Wallen over at Taga, who's been kind of the premier Roberto Firmino tout for the last <laughs> two years. But uh, somebody. I apologize for who it was, but somebody came in and was basically like, but the problem is, is that he's like, you know, 20th in goals and 50th in assists. And like, where do you, where do you, you know, jive that with all of these good defensive stats? And John was like, well, the the argument then came up that if Firmino um, was given the penalties that, that James Milner has, which is seven, he's had seven goals so far this year, then like that, that question is kind of thrown out because Firmino would be, I think he'd have more goals than Ibrahimovic at this point if he was given those those goals. I, I I have a problem with that argument anyway, just because you know you never you never know if he's going to even make those. If he get if he misses the first, maybe he doesn't even get the second. But um, it's kind of this weird that like we keep you know if he's really good at these stats that are basically midfielder stats and he's poor at the forward stats, like why do we keep calling him a forward or why do we give him credit for all these like great things he does as a forward, even though really the most important thing for a forward is scoring goals. No, it's at least enabling the scoring of goals, whether you are a hold up play person that can free others to come down the flanks, or if it's someone who actually puts goals in. you obviously should put some goals in, but you can compensate for the lack of goals with just your, your, your team's goals and being involved in the play going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that's what's been so interesting about Costa, uh, Tio Costa this year. Uh, we'll get to him in a minute, though. But uh, he he's not only been the person that's on the end of it, you know, good uh, right place, right time k- kind of guy. He's also been really good at his development play in terms of holding the ball up and playing other players in, which is why you know the likes of Pedro and William when he plays and and Hazard have just been amazing this season. And mm-hmm. That's something that you you know if you're not going to score all the goals like Zlatan for example you're going to have to get in uh, you're going to have to get involved in other ways which Firmino he's a willing runner which is great but once he gets the ball if he's that that's where he's starting to falter uh, and uh, falter is too strong of a word yeah, it's just he's, the, he's he's not he's he's not he's not putting up the kind of fantasy numbers that you need for to make him a reliable forward or a midfielder for that matter. I mean, he's got nine goals and 
was it four assists? That's yeah, real assists. Jer- I don't know if he has I mean, a few more fantasy Jer- ones. Jermaine Defoe has more goals, and let's be honest, he's not in as good of a situation. For sure, but but and maybe that's sort of my point. Like, should they be compared to each other? Like, we look at them as like these are forwards, and so like, why are we comparing Roberto Firmino to Jermaine Defoe in terms of that? I think Firmino is. I think he's playing in the wrong position. He's just doing it. He's the he's the best option in in a line of bad options. Mm. Well, I assume he's going to play on the wing in this match just because if Origi starts, I mean, that's where he goes. So he'll play out wide with and I mean it's not really that wide. They they cut in all the time, but he and Coutinho would be on the flanks. Or, or they play or they do some kind of different formation. I it's I don't want to try to predict it, but the one thing that we haven't talked about yet on the Everton side, uh Seamus Coleman, Coleman is 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 that is a pardon the, the pardon the pun, but that's a horrible break for Everton. Yeah. Um it's you, know, you never want to see it happen ever, but you certainly don't want to see it if you're an Everton supporter happen during international play. Uh, compound fracture, so multiple fractures for um, for Seamus Coleman. And who it, knows it's, who's it, going to take his spot? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I saw I saw these list. I saw a couple of websites that were listing options, and it was like Mo Bezic, who's not healthy, uh, or James McCarthy, also not incredibly healthy uh i saw could, one that said aaron lennon i was like yep Aaron, yeah it, 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 i must say those were the, and those were the good options I, yeah aaron lennon was the best option they well, had and i was like yikes i think the best option actually is mason holgate yeah i think uh, that's yeah yeah and he's more he's going to be more defense oriented uh unless they decide to go three at the back well, and put holgate back there with you know, let's just say Jags and Ashley Williams or Funes Mori. Well, whoever. I was going to say Funes Mori is out for the year or he's yeah. basically going to he's long term. So they yeah. do have to go three at the back. And that still doesn't solve the Coleman problem. Well, no, because then they can put someone like Aaron Lennon out there as a as a wing back. Right. Who just that's needs to run up and down the pitch. I but, think that's what was what will happen if yeah. I mean, whatever it is. I think they're they're three at the back now. And well, whoever. here's my point. Well, here's my point. Well, Holgate, obviously, if he's a center back in the in the in the three at the back, he doesn't have any fan, much much or any fantasy value. But if someone like Aaron Lennon comes in as a wing as a wing back as someone who's just going to run down the flank and try to provide service, does he have value? I'm not. I'm not against, making that against Liber- that against the Liverpool team that do give up counterattacks. Uh, I'm not. I'm not rostering Aaron Lennon anywhere. You're you're, yeah, you're not going to be you, you'll be you'll be glad to lose to it and you'll never actually win by it. That, I, I won't be I won't be glad to lose, but like I'm not good luck. I think if anybody wins with Aaron Lennon, that's more luck than it is with skill. Like there's a reason he's barely played this year. Fair enough. And he's okay. not a wing back. How about that? <laughs> that's very true. All right. Let's go on to Chelsea and Crystal Palace. This is a London derby. Uh, London meets West London. So uh, go over, going over to uh, Stamford Bridge, where Chelsea, of course, are running away with the Premier League. Ten up on Spurs right now. Uh, it's going to be a selection kind of. It's going to be a selection kind of day. This will be the theme here because there's there, there's injuries that people have picked up over international break, and this tends to happen. Uh, so Chelsea, they, you know, Eden Hazard appears to maybe not be able to play Diego Costa. Same thing. Uh, I, I think all of the regulars start. Well, Chelsea have used the fewest number of players mm-hmm. 
Premier League this season. Yep. I think the total is 21. Although right? I, I, that's for starters, but they're also the only team all season to use three subs in every game. Well, that's Conte's style. I know, but I mean, that's that's kind of impressive too. But anyway, I think we spoke about this earlier this week. So I was like, sounds like Victor Moses is going to be out and they don't really have like a perfect replacement for Moses. Um, you suggested that as Pili Cueto would move into Moses's spot and allow Zuma to, to play back as the back three. And that kind of mixed things up. If Hazard was out, then Willian might be able to start. If Coast is out, then maybe Pedro starts up front and Willian goes on the wing. Or this guy, Michi Batshuayi, who they spent all yeah, this money on. Yeah, that, <clears throat> right, yeah, whoever that is. Or Cesc Fabregas is a false nine, because um, that worked out well the last time <clears throat> Spain tried doing that. Yeah, that that's not in the discussion. Pedro is the guy, but but anyway, I think Antonio Conte said today that he had two or three injuries to follow up on. And of course didn't say who they were, but I think everybody who has been starting is going to start. And all of this like preparation to, to figure out who's going to fill in is going to be all for not. It's, it's, (laughs) Maybe it's a game of smoke and mirrors now, but let, let's let, let's get to the actual game here. Uh, Palace, the defense has been better of late. Uh, they're grinding out results. Uh, do you, I don't see them grinding out a result here, but me neither. Is there is and because Chelsea don't take a lot of shots on target that don't go in, uh, Wayne Hennessy has very little value as well. So I, I really think that. You'll start your Chelsea options depending on who who is playing. Right. But outside of that, I'm not I don't even, think there's anyone on Palace that would even be worth considering. Is this the start of the ten o'clock slate where you can start picking from? Yeah. The I, I wrote an article over the break about uh, Fanduel defenders because uh, we were, I was just trying to figure out which ones kind of get a lot of clearances and interceptions because those are fairly reliable stats for Fanduel and Chelsea kind of came up because not only do they not create a lot of saves for, they don't force a lot of saves for the opposing keeper. They also don't create a ton of like interception and, and clearance opportunities. So anybody who's like, Oh, I'll take, you know, Mamadou Sacco or James Tompkins. Cause I'll rack up some defensive stats. Like it's just not going to happen against Chelsea, particularly at Stanford bridge. Like they're just like much better at keeping the ball. And they, when they shoot it, it is either in the goal or it's not in the goalie's hands. So, um, there's just not much. I see like basically no value on the Palace side, to be honest. Yeah, even someone like Andros Townsend, because the possession I think will be skewed so heavily towards Chelsea that there won't be that many set piece or dead ball opportunities for Crystal Palace either. Yeah, and and the way that they've been playing lately is essentially just trying to lock it down. I mean, they've been much better yep. defensively of late, and Big Sam's not going to go into Stamford Bridge thinking he's going to win. So to expect that they're going to come out flying in the attack is. I just yeah, I think I think they'll play somebody like a back six. <laughs> the... <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, I mean, like they'll, they'll, they'll play four defenders, and then their yeah. two wide players will also come back. Or right. if, it, or the two central def- uh, midfielders will come back, like Kabai. Yeah, it's going to be Milivojevic or whatever his name is. But yeah, I, I'm not even sure how I feel about the Chelsea guys. Like Costa obviously has like the best odds at a goal, um, but like Hazard is is fairly hit or miss. You never know who's going to take set pieces. Uh, you know, sometimes it's or at least corners. Sometimes it's Pedro. Hazard hasn't taken them in a while. Um, if Fabregas plays, he usually gets them. So it's like it's, it, it's. Ve- I find it very difficult to focus on Chelsea because at least for cash games, because you just don't know who who the reliable guys are, and they're usually pretty expensive. 
they are certainly that. All right, but uh, overall, though, it, it, I think I think the most I think the most dynamic player that has a low floor might be Marcus Alonso, who um, the rumors are so far that he's going to get replaced in the summer, which seems strange. By who? Uh, they keep talking about bringing in like Alexandro or someone like that. Oh, um, I don't know. I haven't seen that. This doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. Yeah, but he's pretty expensive too. I mean, he's kind of he's yeah. Expensive but I, and... I, I think that's the only, the one thing you can count on from Chelsea is I mean solid defensive play, and I don't think that the if you're going to chase a clean sheet, Chelsea at home against Palace, I think might be your best option. I'm, I, I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but I believe that. But that's got to be up there, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, <clears throat> not that chasing clean sheets is, like, negative. Obviously, there are plenty of formats that do it. But, um, you know, I, I think you can find clean sheets elsewhere as well. Mm. All right, not let's go. spend up so much on these Chelsea guys. Yeah, well, you may actually be able to get some value from some Manchester United guys because there's going to be no Zlatan, there will be no Ander Herrera, so mm-hmm. we're really looking at Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial leading the line probably uh, against the West Brom team that's flying high again. Uh, the, my my 40-point collapse uh, prediction has not yet come to fruition. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's 45 points, who knows? Uh, but West Brom are on pace to have their best season in a very long time in top flight, so... And and, and the, speaking of, this is without having a center forward that scores goals. Yep. So just West Brom, I, I I think the the stat that I heard over the break was that they've outrun in terms of distance covered their opponents in ninety percent of their games, something like that. <laughs> so they are outworking everybody. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean that's is that surprising. Like, I don't know what to make of that. What do we make? Of that? I, they run a lot. Okay, great. <laughs> um, Matt Phillips they might be back. They try really, really hard. Yeah. But, this, but, this, but this is at Old Trafford. So, I mean, I think somehow, hooker by crook, Manchester United will come out with a victory. I just don't know how. Uh, yeah, but you ha- I, I kind of love Ben Foster. Um, we've seen some huge games from a, from visiting keepers at Old Trafford this year. But and, that's with Zlatan shooting on target. They don't have that. Um, I guess. I mean, you, you don't think that they can still get enough shots on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Marcus Rashford, he, he, he in his terms, he's been slumping. He has no goals, I think, in his last seven appearances, something mm-hmm. like that. Could be. Uh, and Martial isn't, you know, when, if he was so known for his goal scoring and goal creation, he'd play every week, which he hasn't this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Juan Mata is Juan Mata. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Uh, you know, Paul Pogba may miss out, but he's I think been he is out. Putting, but but he but he's put more shots over the net than <laughs> in for sure. So it's I, I mean, I think a lot of people will like Foster. I just and also potentially Craig Dawson, because he may have a decent chance at set pieces because of the likes of like Chris Smalling and Phil Jones may be defending, which is just... no. It's funny. You oh, sorry. Those sorry. Two. sorry no, those no, two no, are sorry. out. All right. Those two are out. It's but Bailly no, and Rojo. Yeah, it, no, yeah, it's Bailly. That, that, with those two out, it's, it's really just Eric Bailly and, and that's it defensively. And even he's not been that stellar this season, hmm. only in spurts. So it's, you know, you're going to see me, you're going to possibly see Fellaini yep. for a full 90 minutes, which is just oh, yeah. not what, which is not what you want to see from a Manchester United side. But like I said, 
somehow, some way, Manchester United will come out with the victory here, in my opinion. I really just don't know how. Yeah. And that's the and that's I think that typifies a Jose Mourinho team. Okay. Now, with I that agree. being said, is there any fantasy value you feel outside of Foster? Um, <clears throat> the the difficulty with United is that they have the same set piece problem as Chelsea, although it's even more inconsistent. You know, it could be Mata, it could be Mkhitaryan, um, Blind if he gets a start. I think he's back. Um, so it's like you're not. You're you're putting yourself into a very uh, tough situation if you are looking for set pieces from Manchester United, and you just don't know who the guy is. We've kind of mentioned Antonio Valencia a number of times this season. He continues to cross in open play, meaning that's the the only way that he crosses. But he actually hasn't been doing it that much recently. West Brom allow a ton of crosses, but Valencia is so expensive that I think he might be able to to save a little bit with Luke Shaw, but. Yeah, I mean, anybody else, Martial and Rashford are just so goal-dependent. We've seen Martial have some great games, too, but it's just, I don't know. There's just not much there. I think your boy Hal Robson Canu might start, though. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> Do you think they miss Saito Barahino? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> he insists, oh, uh, you know, I'll just say it here. He insists that his drug, his drug uh, suspension was because of a spiked drink that he got. Hmm. Hmm. Well, those times he was going out and not actually being with the team, or insists, but he insists. Hmm. He insisted so strongly that he took the punishment. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, is Matt Phillips going to be back? Maybe. Late fitness test. All Same right. with Chadley. Yeah, I was just about to, you, you. You read my mind on Chadley. Yeah. All right. So, if you had to choose between Juan Mata or Matt Phillips, who would you choose? Uh, probably, probably Mata. Uh, I, again, somehow, some way, I went. I, oh my god, this game! This game has me so confused. I believe I picked zero people from it. Yeah. But uh, you think Manchester United are going to win? Yeah, somehow. Yeah. I honestly, Johnny I, I Evans, really don't. Johnny Evans revenge game, isn't it? Didn't he play there? Yeah, he yes. played there. <laughs> Whatever. All right, <laughs> let's get to Saito Barahino, Stoke City, who Gross. travels. To... <laughs> Saito Barahino, Stoke City. <laughs> they travel to Leicester City, mm-hmm. uh, the reborn Leicester City oh, yeah. uh, of Champions Pass, uh, and actually the only remaining English team in the Champions yeah, League. Right. Um, so Craig Shakespeare's side are uh, taking on Stoke here. Uh, I, I put Riyad Mahrez in my lineup uh, to, for the last podcast, and he did score a goal. Yeah. And he's I think he's gotten a what is it like two goals and an assist in his past two or three games, something like that. Uh, uh, two goal, two goals, yeah. yeah. Maybe a fantasy uh, assist. I don't know. Who knows? Know. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, he seems to be the player most reborn. Uh, Jamie Vardy has scored. I just don't believe that he's been scoring consistently enough. What do you mean three and uh, three? Plus another for England. Yeah, that brace right. against Hull. I mean, excuse me, against Liverpool. Didn't score against Hull. And then a goal and an assist against West Ham. So uh, I've been... Uh, yeah, so he's been Sorry, scoring. He's, he's been reborn as well of late. <laughs> uh, it, if Mark Albrighton scores goals, then I know we have something to talk about. But uh, I don't I think it actually did no, Mark he did Albrighton have a, score one He had goal? an assist. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. He had, a, he had the goal uh, in the Champions League game. That's, that's what right. it was. 
That's right. But he has and, two and Wes, and Wes Morgan did too. Yeah. So basically, it's all the names that you're used to hearing yeah, from totally. for Lester. They're back. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That's right. I, have to, I just kind of stumbled on that 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 logic thought there. Okay. So Stoke, who played well against Chelsea a couple weeks ago, they just kind of ran out of gas. Um, I feel like you know, this is either the best time to play Leicester or the absolute worst uh, because they did have an international break and they, they, they've kind of lost that loving feeling of uh, of potentially just that, that consistent run of good form under Craig Shakespeare. Maybe they've had time to think about it or they're well rested and they will continue to work under Shakespeare even with more uh, with more energy now. I think I think they're back. Like I I, I think they take this game comfortably. And I don't think anybody would be surprised if Mares and Vardy scored. Like I see nothing <clears throat> from Stoke that makes me think that they're going to be okay. You know, we um, have, you know what we haven't seen yet a Robert Huth header <laughs> after he elbows someone in the face. Yeah, like like something something along that line. Yeah, Wes Morgan's out um, with some back spasms. I think it is or a nerve issue in his back. So I'm not sure that changes anything for me. Like the Stoke attack, Jordan Shakiri's out again, shockingly. Um, so we're going to see Barahino and. Arnautovic, who I believe scored over the break for Austria. Um, Jonathan Walters might get a start. Like, I, I there's just nothing from Stoke that makes me think that they're going to do enough at, at Leicester to push me away from Mahrez and Vardy, at least in, in a GPP lineup. Yeah, it's it's going to be it, – it's not a very tough sale. That's the way that I'd put it. Yeah, totally. totally. All right. And Albright will probably be popular because he's been taking at least some of the set pieces. Sure. Uh, what about Christian Fuchs? Uh, yeah, I think you could look at him too. All right. So he's looked we'll, a lot better under Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, he's just moving forward more. Like that's yeah. I, I, I was about to say. I think he looks about the same. It's just no. The, the heat map is further up the field. He was Fair staying, enough. He was staying Fair back enough. a little more with the. Well, with the yeah, that's probably because they kept leaking goals. Yeah, totally. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a cause and effect to that. Might be. We don't need to get into tactics here. We're really more of a fantasy show. Anyway, let's go on to a a two. Oh, my God. This game will have (sighs) – the only tactic is don't lose. It's Watford at home against Sunderland. Mm. Uh, This game, to me, is definitely the worst of all of them. Uh, it's it has no real storyline to go to connect me to, except that I believe uh, I think it's um, Sunderland have been in the bottom third of the league, uh, bottom three of the league for all weeks, but one so yeah. far this season, something like that. That's a lot of weeks. David Moyes' side have not played very well this year. <laughs> uh, they have not. Yeah, I mean, they they certainly need the points more than Watford. So the. How about this? Do you like Dini or Defoe? I like them both equally, unfortunately, but I believe that I rank Dini higher. I think Def- because because he has because he has the ability of potentially getting an assist too. Where does um, Defoe, Defoe just shoots? Yeah, I mean, and I I don't. It, it, to be honest, it, it's. It's I'm, I'm splitting hairs. It's really there's their players are similar ilk to me. Do you want to compare how many assists they each have this year? No. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure that Defoe <laughs> has more. He doesn't. It's but it's three to two. It's not like a a vastly different. Um... I, I guess I'm just thinking back to all the times that Dini headed the ball to Igalo. Mm, 
Yeah. Well, how about this? Dini has created 32 chances this year, and Defoe has created 15. So maybe that's hey, there, there's your uh, there's your route. Um, I thought, I thought, like, in the limited time I've watched Watford, Dini's been Dini is always involved. Yes, that, I think that's right. a, yeah. He touches the ball a lot more than than Defoe does. Yeah, because because Dini will come back. He's mm-hmm. actually a midfield slash forward. Yeah, which is really ridiculous. But <laughs> I mean, come on. Literally that's because, zero that's because, that's because he plays the number 10 to Okaka. Yeah, sure he does. Um, Did you not know? <laughs> stop. Um, I see no one else from the Sunderland side that I would want to play. Jordan Pickford. Uh, I mean, are Watford really going to take that many shots? It's, it's a matter of whether you feel this. That there's a combination of maybe he'll get a couple of saves, but he can also get a clean sheet here too. Because Watford, they aren't exactly an offensive juggernaut. But uh, I'm, I'm a Troy, little... Troy Deeney kind of ruins that whole argument, though. But... Yeah, I'm a little more uh, optimistic on the Watford attack. Like I like Olabas and Janmat out wide, and uh, Niang hasn't really looked as good as he did earlier. But there's that Tom Cleverly. He's they want that deal. They want that deal to be permanent. They want to it's sign done. it permanently. No, it's done. Perfect. Yeah. Is this a Tom Cleverly revenge game against David Moyes? Sure. Yeah. See. Whatever you whatever you want. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Playing against his old Sunderland guys and Brian Oviedo and Darren Gibson. Yeah, I'm mm, this sure. This gonna be heated, Mike. I bet you watch yeah. this one. Ninety minutes of pure. Anyway, let's go to the next game. Probably not because I'll be more fixed to Burnley uh, at home against Tottenham to see if they can take down another Premier League top team mm. uh, at home at Turf Moor. Uh, it's Tottenham also – I mean, Burnley, what they do well is playing defense, and what Tottenham ha- do not have is their top striker, their top talisman in Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. And Christian Eriksen, uh, Son, and Deli Alley are going to have to step up here mm-hmm. and, and actually get – Goals that are going to be required to beat Burnley here. Uh, Everyone this... is going to have Tom Heaton this week. I know. Everyone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Including me. Yeah, of course. You, well, of course. Yeah. I. You know what? I. Sh- you know, I should have picked Jordan Pickford this week just to like be the contrarian. Mm, you still can. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a perfect storm for for Heaton. Um, it's basically a very similar situation to Foster, but he's at home. And so he gets the side that creates a ton of saves and doesn't have their best finisher. What else do you need? Uh, he also has a more proven track record of where he's playing. Okay. In terms of performances. What do you mean? This season, Burnley have just been an absolute defensive stalwart at home. Um, okay. I don't know if it's that great, but okay. He will Actually, I, I take that back. I take that back. It's very good. Yeah, I'm like almost 100% positive I'm right on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think they have like the second or third best home. Fifth. Fifth. <clears throat> they trail Spurs and Chelsea have each allowed eight goals. Spurs have done it in 15 games, which is insane since Chelsea's only done it in 13. Everton and Man United have allowed 10, and Burnley's there at 12. So they're ahead of Arsenal, Liverpool, Southampton, Man City. Well, I mean, Man City, let's be honest here. <laughs> That's not an accomplishment in terms of defense. I mean, 14 but, goals allowed is pretty good in 14 games. Yeah. Defensively, at least. 
But yeah, everyone so will be on. Um, let's get back to this game. Yeah. Can the three that I mentioned, Erickson, Sohn, and Ali, can they be the offensive force that Tottenham need in what is the fifth best defense at home? <laughs> uh, I don't think they like blow them out, um, but I do think they score. So I don't know how that answers your question, but I think. Rank, rank, rank the three. Erickson. Um, Delhi and Sun. One. Okay, so you put so you put Ali over Sun. Yes, yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh, I mean, it, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I think he has like eleven goals in his last eleven games. Delhi yeah. Ali, something like that. It, it, he's got he's on a crazy goal scoring streak right now. Yeah, I mean, I, there's prob- there's what f- five guys who have scored more goals than than Delhi Ali this year. So yeah. it's like that's that's a pretty good run for a midfielder, no less. Yep. Um, yep. But but the channels won't be as wide open because there's not. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Son's not going to uh, command as much attention as Harry Kane does. It has to be inch perfect. Fair. Yeah. Which it's, it just certainly can be. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't think that it's going to be as uh, as smooth sailing as it has been in the past. For Burnley, it's Robbie Brady and nobody else. Well, Brady hasn't even been starting recently, so I know. But yeah. that's my point. It, 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 that's that, that goes to my point. It's Robbie Brady, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't start, there's literally nobody else except for Tom Heaton. Um, I mean, on like Fanduel, you can get the center backs because they'll they're always usually good. Michael Keane yeah. or Ben Mee. Yeah, Michael Keane, who's wanted desperately by Everton. Yeah. Um. He. I mean, I'm not sure. I would totally stay away from like Matt Lowton or Steven Ward um, just because they've been so much better at home that, you know, getting a little bit out of them might happen. But I think Andre Gray or Ashley Barnes is, is a bit of a stretch. I'd say so. Yeah. I, <laughs> Unless you think they're getting a penalty. Yeah. The other thing that um, that's worth pointing out more for the people who are on FanDuel or at least the other formats that give points for the defensive stats is that um, there have been Burnley like attack enough at home where you get like a decent amount of value from def- like defenders with clearances and interceptions playing away to turf more. Like I think people underestimate how much Burnley try to attack at home um, and create these, these defensive opportunities that, you know, you can rack up points that way. So. Don't don't avoid the Spurs center backs, even you know, in those formats at least. Yeah, very true. And I think uh, Hugo Lloris will be overpriced this weekend. Uh, I mean, he's obviously more expensive than than Heaton because they're favored, but they should be favored. I mean, they, they should be favored, but yeah. I think his maximum output is like twelve points, and that's if everything breaks right, like a save, a clean sheet, and mm-hmm. a win. Yeah, he's behind De Gea and Courtois, basically. Yeah, again, I think Lloris will be overpriced. All right, let's go on to uh, the last two of the Saturday games here. We have Hull City uh, with Marco Silva at the helm taking on West Ham. Would you like to hear a nice stat about Marco Silva? I would. He has not lost a home game in about three years. That's awesome. So, I mean, in his time with Hull, with, and I think in Greece, I think he managed a little bit, and he also managed in Spain. So he has not lost a home game in three years. How about that? And West Ham aren't exactly lighting the world on fire. In fact, it's the opposite. Slavin Bilic is the next manager, you know, one of the next managers in terms of the betting to be axed. Huh. Pressure is mounting. Yeah. Robert Snodgrass revenge game. It's a big one. 
whatever. Yeah, yeah, the Robert Snodgrass revenge against the team that he wanted out of. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Hull City have they have players for sure. I, Harry Maguire is another player who's being wanted by other teams right mm-hmm. now. It, it, if if Hull City go down, he's your favorite. <laughs> not uh, mine. Not have, my, I I give the full Harry Maguire uh, touting credit to Kevin Swanson who somehow finds a way to get Harry Maguire in his weekly article every week, regardless of the, the matchup. So in this matchup here, again, uh, you know, I actually wouldn't shy away from Eldin Yakupovich. Okay. Uh, I think there's maybe some save potential here. Uh, I think that there's a decent win potential here as well for him. So if you're playing DraftKings, getting points for the win and maybe a couple of saves, I don't think there'll be a clean sheet here, but again, uh, uh, I think Hall. I think Hall, Hall are, are actually a decent team. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, with Nias and Hernandez up front, uh, hitting, you know, playing nicely. Uh, Camille Grosicki, who's still a, a threat on the on the wing. Yeah. Uh, if Lazar Markovic starts, he's got enough pace to get behind anybody uh, in terms of West Ham. So, I think there's a lot to like about Hall going into this one. I agree. I agree. It, I'm actually more. What do we do with with West Ham, who uh, will be without Michael Antonio? And I just feel like they're not as dynamic without him. And so uh, kind of where do you where do you go with West Ham? Because if you don't think that Hull can shut them out, which I'm not sure they can't, um, do, you, do you go to Snodgrass? I mean, Snodgrass is usually pretty expensive. He's too expensive. Um, I go to Grisicki. 7,800. I love Grisicki, but yeah. it was more on the West Ham side. Do you, do you go to anywhere? Lanzini? No. Carol? No, pass, pass, okay. all, hard pass all the way. I mean, maybe Cresswell, maybe yeah. Cresswell. He's actually been better than yeah, I know. The he's been better of late. Nature of Cresswell. Yeah, he's been. Better In fact, he's been much better of late. But maybe. But I think that's it. I yeah. think that's the limit. I don't even love Antonio that much, but it just seems like he's their best player. As simple as simple as that. Like Snodgrass he's doesn't shoot. Since, he's been their best player since Pyatt left. Right. Right. And Snodgrass has the crosses, although they're not like that. He's, it's not like he's sending in 12 a game, and he's barely shooting. Yeah. And so it's uh, kind of like. By the way, Mikel Antonio, a rumor target for Chelsea. Jeez. <laughs> to play right wing back. To give <laughs> Victor Moses some competition. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think about the. Um, Lukaku, Hazard, Alexis Sanchez front line next year. Oh my God! I I, I love wait. how excited every Chelsea me, fan let, gets. As if let me, let me wait for Arsenal talk later. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I have a really good one-liner for that. Great. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean, Hull City aren't like the best defensive team, but I just don't. I'm not sure I see enough from West Ham to have to pay up for Snodgrass. Even Lanzini's expensive. That, like, I like. As I said, I like Rosicki much more than either of those guys. I do as well. All right, let's get on to the final Saturday game, the 12:30 game. It is Southampton at St. Mary's taking on their South Coast rivals of Birdmouth who mm-hmm. travel into St. Mary's. It's going to be a game that I feel will have a lot riding on it because it's a local rivalry. Uh, Birdmouth have been spending a lot of money recently, like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't realized it. And I feel that they're trying to, you know, make a legitimate threat. Like, Hey, we are the South coast team, but 
That's just from a from a narrative perspective, from the actual on the field perspective. Perhaps the hottest fantasy Premier League player is Joshua King of Burnmouth, rivaled only by few, and one of them happens to be playing forward for Southampton and Manolo Gabbiadini. Mm. Well, Gabbiadini's out, <clears throat> so it's one of those like Charlie Austin's apparently getting close to coming back too. So I wonder like what they do when when both of them are fit. But this week, I'm guessing it's Shane Long leading the line, and I Gross. I have a bad feeling, a really bad feeling, I'm going to fall into a Dusan Tadic trap this week. <laughs> Ryan Fraser I've, might miss I, out too, and yeah. Junior Stanislas is kind of working his way back, so it's who knows what they end up doing. Like, do you? Obviously, they're better when Stanislas and Fraser fit. If they're both out, like what? What happens to that team? Like who moves the ball? Eddie Howe finds the next gem. <laughs> like honestly, I think it's someone we don't know today. How's that? Great. I don't know. I love James Ward Prowse in this one too. No, oh, I don't. I wish That's this game I was flipped like with the Merseyside Derby. This is a terrible late game when they have such an amazing one to start the weekend. Yeah, I won't be watching this one. <laughs> I tried to build it up before, but I, 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 I will make sure that I have my TV time earlier in the day versus later in the day for this one. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I think Southampton have plenty of good options: Bertrand, Cedric, Ward, Prowse, Tadic. I'm, I probably won't go Redmond, but you, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he scored. Argument could be made. Yeah, he also he also might play alone up front if uh, Gaviadini and if they don't start Shane Long. Yeah, I mean, he could they have J Rod? But like, <clears throat> yeah. uh, I'll stay away from Josh King. Uh, Stanislas, if he starts, you know, I prob- I, I'm probably not playing him anyway, so I'm not really effect- affected if he doesn't play or Frazier doesn't play. Uh, maybe both play, and so then they kind of just take away from each other. I don't know. I'm not feeling Burnmouth this week. I'm not feeling either team this week. That's the way I'll put it. Oh, okay. I think this one's got like 1-1 one, one maximum written really? all over it. Yeah, huh. I okay. think this is a low. I think this is a low-scoring game that neither team just wants to lose. Burnmouth are only eight points out of safety, so you know points at this time of year are always a good thing. Yeah, I think South. I think Southampton's better than that. I think they're good enough to to score more than just once. Like South, I think Burnmouth so haven't been playing that that well recently. I mean, they've given up nine goals in their last three road matches. Away matches, excuse me. Apologies to Bob Bradley. Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I was trying to think of a clever way to end Southampton and Burnmouth, and you got what I got, which was nothing. <laughs> nothing. All right, so Swansea, Burrow, 8.30, Sunday morning. Uh bad gross (laughs) this is just Gilfie Sigurdsson and how many how many goals assists crosses will he get in this one because he'll have plenty of the ball and when he gets plenty of the ball good things tend to happen for Burrow oh sorry for Swansea yeah I think that's it yep it's him it's Uh, I think Martin Olsen and Naughton are both back so I think they're they're fine plays I tend not to maybe Neil Taylor will return from Aston Villa yeah To pull back the curtain, originally in my rankings, I put Neil Taylor in, which right. was just a mistake. Instead of Martin Olsen. Um, and I don't think there's anybody from Burrow that I would really consider. That team is like a fantasy wasteland. And they, Well, yeah, and they're under the stewardship of some guy named Agnew. 
I don't even know. It, it, but it's not Spiro Agnew, so it's mm. just that would it, be it, something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play that out just uh, to, just uh, just to get some voices in and just see what that. Would, anyway, mm. um, be the last the, the next American to take over a Premier League club, a dead president from <laughs> centuries ago. Spiro Agnew. Okay. <sighs> I'm glad I'm glad one person got that reference. That was a really musty reference. Okay, <laughs> uh, for Burrow, yes, literally nobody. Uh, I would potentially consider Victor Valdez just because he might get some saves. Yep, I get and, that, I, and he'll be the cheapest option of the four goalkeepers on Sunday if you're playing the Sunday only slate. Because mm. uh, I'm pretty sure Fabianski will be second. Actually, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He, yeah. oh, he might be the most expensive, actually. Yeah, like, like I'm saying, he, like. He might be second. He might be first. Anyway, yeah. well, uh, it's what I'm saying is Victor Valdez, I think, has the most value at goalkeeper just because why not, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Gilfie Sigurdsson won't score in every shot. Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. Unlikely. But anyway. That's the game people care about. Yeah, yeah precisely. Okay. Arsenal, Emirates. T- oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, t- at the Emirates, not the Etihad. That's right. Taking on Manchester City. This is the big one of Sunday. Uh, you want to get your TV time later in the day in this one as opposed to Saturday where you want it earlier in the day. Uh, so for Arsenal, the big news uh, – well, they can't even get banners right, man. Uh, uh, like like they flew a banner over the stadium two weeks ago saying went Wenger out and then immediately afterwards calling for Wenger to stay. I mean, it was different groups. Um, Who cares? I agreed with one person who tweeted that they were really bothered that on the first one that said Wenger out, that there was a hashtag that said hashtag Wenger out, but there was a space in between Wenger and out, which obviously for those familiar with Twitter wouldn't wouldn't even work. So they can't. Yes, they can't even get that right. Yeah, it, it was really it was really a sight to behold. Um, I heard that if they win this match, he's announcing that he's coming back next year. <laughs> I just here's my one liner that I mentioned earlier. Yes. Arsene Wenger told a newspaper, my future is not affecting this team. And my response is, nope, that's correct. Technically, factually correct. It's your present that's affecting the team. <laughs> uh. The reason I brought up that Sanchez thing is because somebody posted a picture the other day, a wonderfully photoshopped one of him, like celebrating a goal in full Chelsea kit. And and next to him were his two dogs also wearing Chelsea kits. Yes, I saw that. (laughs) Um, My that that is total pie in the sky. Like Chelsea are not going to get Alexi Sanchez. They're just not. He'll uh, go to PSG or somebody like that. Yeah, there's no way that I mean, I'm not sure how Arsenal could ever justify it. No one ever says where they want to go now to force a move to that same club in the summer. They say where they want to go now to force a move to another club for them to pay more money. Yeah. So I mean, this is just a notice to, hey, PSG, I'm thinking about Chelsea. You're going to have to pay max dollars. You can't. You yeah, won't get a course. discount of because course. if the money is the same and he does and he likes London, he won't move. Yeah. He. Uh, my favorite was Mesut Ozil, who was also saying that like he wasn't assigning his new contract or. I guess they had offered him an extension, and then he wouldn't sign it, so they pulled it back. And apparently it sounds like he's now very much open to coming back because I'm not sure anybody's willing to pay him as much as he thinks he's worth. I'm not even sure what he's worth at this point. But he's not making himself any more money by his with his play. But I do think Alexis is gone. 
which is sad. I think I think both of them will be. I think you know what I think if if I were the Arsenal board who have shown no spine for a long time, but if they wanted to show one, they would get rid of everybody. I don't think they have any care about that. So well, yeah, I mean they're making money hand over fist. Right. So <laughs> it's they're one of the few teams in the top flight that do. Yep. So it's it, it's it's a situation where the stability of the financials outweigh the stability of winning on the pitch. Mm-hmm. As long as they get – well, I mean, I think Wenger may pay the price if they don't get fourth place. Uh, I disagree, but – That's a tough that's ask. Fine. That's a tough ask from, from from Wenger because, you know, his whole his whole creed has been that he's he's the he's the force that provides all the financials, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sure that they're financially stable. Yep. And if they're not in the Champions League, they take a significant hit sure. financially. Sure, sure. And, no, and it's no guarantee with Liverpool's ascendancy – uh, you know, back to the prominent top of the top of the league that, you know, the top four next year would even be guaranteed because Chelsea are going to be back up there, too. Right. Well, I think his argument is, is that, you know, one time in however many years that he should get another shot at it. And there's no guarantee that whoever the next guy is can do it immediately. So yeah. it's one of those yeah. like, do you want multiple years of not making the Champions League or possibly just one? I mean, at some yeah. point he's going to change. But anyway, let's talk about this game. Yeah, I was going to say, let's get back on the pitch here. Um, so, you know, for City, you know, if this is all – they're doing what they're doing now with Aguero, not playing particularly well, uh, you know, to be honest. I mean, he's getting some goals here and there, but he, he, he hasn't looked like his normal self. And David Silva has picked up the slack. Leroy Sané has particularly picked oh, up man. the slack. Sané looks so good. So uh, what's really scary about City is how young they're getting. I know. I know. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about the likes of, like, Iannaccio, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you have just Sterling uh, just Sterling and Sané on the wing, they're both, I think, what, like, under 24, right? They're, like, 21. Yeah. Or Sterling, excuse me. Sterling is 22. He turned 22 in December. And, 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 and Sané De Bruyne is and De the old one in his mid-20s. Right. Gabriel Jesus so, is 19. Yep. I mean, like, jeez. <laughs> Uh, they're attacking forces. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, and, and John Stones, say what you will about John yep. Stones. He's still only 23, 22, yep. 23. So it's the, – the, their foundation is very, very well set up for the future. But in their present time, I think the most – I mean your your most valuable midfield option now, it might be Sané at this point. I, I, I totally think it's Sané. Yeah. I mean Kevin De Bruyne is – you know he picked up a knock, but he should be ready to go. Uh, and – you know, David Silva just doesn't get the counting stats that you consistently need to see. Uh, Raheem Sterling, same thing. He will miss more open nets than make, unfortunately. Uh, and I, I, it's got to be Sané, and then followed by who? Would it be Aguero? Would it be De Bruyne? Uh, you guys ranked De Bruyne pretty low this week. I mean, ultimately, Sané is still pretty goal-dependent uh, in most formats. So I don't want to say, like, he's the best. Like, I'm not sure... I would play him over Silva on DraftKings. And Aguero will always have the highest goal upside. So I don't want to go like too crazy about Leroy Sané. But yeah, I didn't rank De Bruyne that highly at all. Um, part of that was I wasn't sure how much he was going to play, if he even played at all. I mean, he's basically questionable because of this groin injury he picked up. But he just hasn't been... I guess he's crossing a little more recently. But there, there was that run that he had that just not... He wasn't doing enough. And so for how much you have to pay for somebody like that when I could get, you know, if I can get 
75% of that production at, you know, 65% of the cost for David Silva, I would just go with Silva. Yeah, he's fair. On the Arsenal side, Alexi Sanchez, he's still he's still chugging along whenever they decide to play him for mm-hmm. more than a half. Even when they don't play him for more than a half, he still plays well. Uh, but I, I mean, you can't trust any defenders on either team in this one because there's just yeah, there's no, got to be goals coming in this one. Yeah. Uh, and for Arsenal, uh, who uh, I mean, is it Giroud? Uh, like, 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 do they dare go back to Giroud starting up front? Like, they what? should. That, not that's not like a dare. Like, they should do that. I mean, he's. I think he scored twice in France's first match. Like, I'm. I'm in on on Giroud starting. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think. I mean, Alexis has been awesome starting at, at the number nine anyway. So like he's fine, but like he's good enough where he can play. Like I think Giroud centrally, and then Walcott and Alexis on either side. I think is the way they should go. That obviously puts Oxlade Chamberlain probably on the bench, which you know he's been good, but he's not. I don't think he needs to be locked in. The same with Alex Iwobi. So, I don't know. Ozil's probably going to start, and Ramsey's going to, you know, line up. I, I'm assuming next to Xhaka instead of El Neni or Kokolin, but um, I'm not going to play any of those guys. So, yeah, it, yeah. I just, I just, yeah, I, 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 I only see one elite option from this game, and it's Alexi Sanchez. Everyone else has strings attached. What's Aguero's string? Uh, just he, first of all, him and Guardiola don't get along very well. Yeah, so, but, I mean, he's still been scoring. I mean, he's not. He's got two in his last three games. Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I just I don't like. I, I I just don't like. I guess I just don't like what I've seen. Even though he's gotten goals, it hasn't been like vintage Aguero. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It, Maybe that's just me. Maybe that one's just me. He's probably scoring twice on Sunday, and then we'll talk about it on whenever, and you'll be like, oh, that guy. I remember yep. him. Yep, he's back is what I'll yeah. say next. Yeah. Told right, you. What, what's <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's right. What I'll definitely say is back is our DraftKings contest this week, and I will start as the perennial loser. So here is the lineup of people you definitely don't want. All right, I will well, start Heaton, with, so that everybody wants Well, Tom Heaton, Tom Heaton. I, 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 you know, he's the only one I've gotten right this year, and I won't, I won't stray. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm too Nor loyal. Certainly not this week. Certainly not this week. Uh, I mentioned him earlier. I am going to take Aaron Cresswell uh, from West Ham this week, and an old favorite of mine. I did decide to take Charlie Daniels this week mm. as just a, you know, a nice little nod to the past here. Seeing, <laughs> seeing what I can get out of, uh, out of Burnmouth this week against uh, uh, Southampton. Okay. Okay. Um, I knew you were going to go Heaton, so I went with Foster just for conversation's sake. Um, I have Luke Shaw at 4,300 and Jose Olebas at 4,400. I initially had Cedric in there, and I, for the lineup as we're going through, I have 1,300 bucks left, so I'll adjust at some point. But um, paying 61 for Valencia seemed like a lot for eight crosses. Yeah. And. Cedric is at 52 like he's hardly cheap so I could have made either one of the fullbacks I have uh into Cedric or Bertrand or uh those are probably the you're only not, ones you're not afraid of Ashley Young starting again at left back <clears throat> um for for Luke Shaw because I thought about Luke Shaw I ran out of money anyway I could I tried yeah. to make again I, ha- I have the Shaw, money but... to make up for it but 
Yeah, I've just, I guess I, 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 Ashley Young. Not only did he start at left back, he played well. Yeah, I mean he, they yeah they throw him into that position every so often, but I mean, I, I get it. I I'm it wouldn't be the first time I select a guy who may not start. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I do, but I would not, I wouldn't play Young. Like if Young was a defender, I'd consider him, but he's still a midfielder on on DraftKings, so I won't. I'm not going to pay forty seven hundred and take up a spot for for Ashley Young. All right, uh, your midfield. How many? Uh, how, actually, I have a third defender. Oh wow! I have in my utility spot because I only had fifty four hundred bucks left. I took Kyle Walker. Yeah, I thought about Walker, but ultimately, I think he's going to spend more time defending than than attacking. That's against, why I don't have Davies against Burnley. Yeah, I do. At Turf Moor. <laughs> no, no, Burnley don't attack. They 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 do counter attacks, but they don't attack. Your stats say otherwise. You were uh, just saying I, it. Well, no, I no. What I'm saying, what I hold on a second. Uh, Burnley, the way that they beat Chelsea was from a uh, they tied to Chelsea was from a set piece, mm-hmm. right? Which came from a counter attack. It wasn't like they strung twenty passes together. Okay. All right. Anyway, that's why I chose Kyle Walker because at that price point, I didn't see many people that were worth the price at that mo- at that point. When you get the fifty four hundred, I was like, I'm not taking Ben Teke. You have no money uh, left. Nope. Benteke, wow. Yeah. Benteke is a 5,400 mark. I mean, I, Danny Rose is at 5,300, but he's not playing. Uh, you're looking at guys like... Well, Cedric's there. Jesse, I would consider Jesse Cedric. Lindgaard, Cedric, yeah, but I like Kyle Walker more than Cedric yeah. this week. Okay. No. I, 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 there's really not much Joe Allen, but I'm not taking Joe Allen. Like, mm. it, I, it's just, There's not great options. There just yeah. aren't many great options at this price point. I mean, I would actually, I was actually, I was actually considering Ashley. I mean, if Ashley Young starts, I may consider dropping down from Walker to Ashley Young, but that's it. Mm. And then maybe improving elsewhere. But anyway, uh, your midfielders. I'm, I'm assuming you have a, a decent amount. I basically have five, maybe f- I'll call them four. Um, I have Erickson, Ward Prowse, no, Tadic. So I have both Southampton guys. Um, I had. Or I have Grosicki, and I had Willian. I changed him to Mares, um, mostly because I'm not like that's why I have the thirteen hundred bucks left because I I want to play Willian, but it depends on who. Like I'm playing Willian with the expectation that he starts and Fabregas doesn't, so that he'll have the set pieces. But I have and Mares in there now. So my midfielders, I have three technically. Mm-hmm. I want to say. Uh, so I have Erickson, I have Grosicki, and I have Mara. So I have mm-hmm. three guys that you took. And I have one technical – technically he's a forward, I believe, but uh, I have Son as well. Okay. A lot of Tottenham and Burnley yeah. in my – in my, I have one, two, three, four players from that game. That's a lot of Tottenham for keeping the for, – for the Burnley keeper. The Burnley keeper is independent of the goal scored. The Burnley keeper is it's dependent on those guys getting shots on target more than getting anything else. And I think that they will. Yeah, I mean, and they, Erickson will get crosses and he'll get plenty of opportunities to cross. Sure. That's well, sure. Erickson, I have no problem. Erickson, it's really yeah. sun that I think you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you're yeah. hoping for for him to score, which is. Directly. I have it's Son. I mean Son because I was looking at you know you know goal scores this week and Son has a great opportunity to score a goal as the forward in the, as if if he if they play Vincent Janssen for example obviously I will pivot mm-hmm. but you know for Son at eighty one hundred 
you know, I can easily turn that into Anthony Martial at 77 and be perfectly happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Rashford at 74. <clears throat> Maybe it's just a personal. I, I tend to, like, if you're hoping for a goal, then you're also hoping for your goalkeeper to give one up, which, which is, is fine. Counting. I don't. I've never counted on Tom Heaton for clean sheets. Like, I think, I think everyone is stuck in DraftKings and other formats on trying to chase clean sheets and i've abandoned that hope altogether no i i think that is that 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 is a bonus that is not a an expectation i i don't think most people do that on DraftKings. so and again and then i will say again if you're not chasing the clean sheet what does it matter you're looking for the guy who has the biggest save potential and i think the biggest save without giving up the goals no i I, well without giving up as I think, you know, when you yeah, sorry, your ratio from shots on target to goals—that's mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for, right? And I think that the amount of shots on target will out. I think that ratio is going to swing the highest. That's my opinion for for Tottenham. Okay. Because let's say they get two, they still may have eight, ten shots on target. So why do you think they will have so many, but United won't? Because it's basically the same. It's lack of lack of Kane and lack of Ibrahimovic. West Brom can actually possess the ball this season better than I thought that they could on the road anywhere. All right. It's better than it's, I'm not saying that Foster's a bad option. I just, I given Mm -hmm. the track record and the fact that he's at home, I I like Heaton better. Okay. I mean, I get it. I, I, I understand that, but it's more, you're, you're literally taking points from one guy and, to another you're not like giving your opportunity to have both guys succeed yeah. because mm-hmm. if sun scores that directly affects foster i mean it does Heaton. it does uh it's still a net positive because of the amount of points that he gets it uh, what i'm talking about if let's say if son scores i because that would be 12 points counteracting the the lack of five right but i'm saying if you don't have heaton then, or if you find the goal elsewhere, then you're not hurting yourself on the same yeah, side. I, I, your, your goal is look, not worth twelve anymore. I, well, I, but I think he. I think there will also be times where Son will actually give points to Heaton and to Son because Son will get a yeah. shot on goal and Heaton will get a save. I mean, okay. you can look at it both ways there. Yeah. Okay. Because because basically each shot on target that doesn't go in is four points instead of two. Hmm. This is I mean, yeah. Right. I, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about the two sides of the same coin here, right? And I'm obviously on one, and you're on the other, which is what makes it conversationally interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think everyone has to consider because I I'm, I don't think we're going to be the only ones. Uh, at least I don't think I'm going to be the only one struggling with this this weekend in terms of selecting the roster. So I'm glad we actually had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I just I would prefer to get the upside both ways instead of just one in terms of the goal. Like you're not. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, uh, here's I mean, here's the way I'll counteract that. What happens more often in a game shot on target or a goal? Well, you're you're thinking of one specific player, though. That's the problem. Like you, you need to look. Well, at I have it as... I have I have two of the main shot takers on that team. I have Erickson and I have Son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two of the three main shot takers. I have two of them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford Deli Alley or but, else I would have taken Deli Alley. But like how many most lineups need like need something out of a goalkeeper. And if if your two guys go off, which you're hoping they do, 
your goalkeeper will not. Like, so just the two, like he won't get double digit points, but I don't mind if my goalkeeper gets like four or six points. I don't mind that if my if if it means that two of my two of my other guys get twenty. Mm-hmm. I think if they get well, yeah, I mean, you're 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 hoping for a, a large number of saves, which hasn't happened that that frequently with Heaton lately. True. But I think he's in a I think he's going to be in the best of positions playing a team that will shoot at a place where they don't give up tons of goals. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I'm I'm in on Heaton. I get that. It was more just coupling Heaton with two, really three, although Walker's Walker's not going to do much, but like two that their upside is directly correlated with Heaton's downside. Yes, but not at a ratio where it's too detrimental. Like, would you have played Kane if he was at 8,100? Absolutely. Would you play Kane, Erickson, and... Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. Because Kane hasn't met a shot he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's it's really what, Erickson. That's, He's the one who... Well, both... The, uh, Kane likes to shoot, too. And like, no one... It's like... I'll call it the Zlatan effect, right? Like, if they get the shot, they'll take it. Mm-hmm. Whether it goes in or not is immaterial. They're going to take the shot because they are shot takers. Yeah. Okay. And on that note, we will end this episode of the Roadwire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Really contentious at the end. I like it. <laughs> we will we will talk to you uh, later next week when we review this game week's action. It's almost coming to an end, Andrew. It really feels really sad. This is game week thirty. I know. We're like in the decade of the final game week. I know. It's really sad. I remember it like it was yesterday when we were getting ready for our August previews. Anyway, we will talk to you next week when we go over game week 30 and also when we, we, we pray preview game week number 31. We will talk to you then. For Andrew, I have been Mike. See ya! Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.